When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Standing on the North Bank podcast from us here at Wales Online. Um, Matt Davis here and uh, delighted to say that Ian Mitchell Moore is back with us. Um, Plenty to talk about Mitch. Um, I've worked out as well that it's, since you've been covering the Swans properly again, Swansea haven't lost a game. No, you're welcome. Um, so uh, yeah, you're, Pure coincidence, but there we go. You're welcome to stick around. Um, <laughs> let's start with, um, obviously, Sheffield United then. Um it wasn't really a typical Swansea performance, not not really from this season anyway, because um, in the first half they were pretty poor, weren't they, the Swans? I think in the second half then they dramatically improved um, and usually it's always been a case with, with Swansea so far this season that they have plenty of the ball but can't kill teams off and in some ways that was what Sheffield United were, were like. Yeah, I mean, you're right to say you know, it really was a game of two halves. I know that's a cliche, but I don't think Swansea were necessarily bad in the first half. I think Sheffield United were, were excellent. Their system, one that's been so successful for them under Chris Wilde, it worked a treat. And, you know, Swansea just couldn't string passes together. They were guilty of, you know, simple, basic errors, which is where you could criticise them. But, you know, and they had to make changes as well with Joe Roden's injury and, and then Wayne Routledge at half time. But,. Um, even before Routledge's injury, you looked like that the, there needed to be some changes elsewhere as well. And Dan James came on at half time and made a big impact in the second half. So, you know, I think Graham Potter deserves a lot of credit because he saw things weren't working. And, you know, Erwin Moulders had to make a fantastic save from Billy Sharp and uh, a good reaction save from um, David McGoldrick as well. So, you know, they kept in the game and there was always that chance that they could do something. And, you know, Potter, he, he said, you know, Selena came a lot deeper he was you know he gave his absolute all and as Dick McBurney you know he's had a, a sickness bug and he missed the last two games and he was he looked absolutely on his feet after about an hour and then you know he, he got his reward with the goal and that seemed to lift him so a couple of tactical tweaks you know bringing McBurney and Selina deeper it's, it stopped the Sheffield United's centre-backs who you know they play with three at the back uh, and they get really far forward, so you know it's it's a really tough system to cope. But once they got to grips with that, they were they were excellent, and, and in the end had probably more of the clear cut chances in that second half to to go on and win. You know more than by one goal. McBurney's looked um, spent at different stages of this season. He gets through so much work, doesn't he? He he, he comes deep. He runs his runs his socks off. He really puts a shift in. Um, I think that kind of emphasises that um, another striker is, is needed, really, especially when we can't really rely on Wilfred Boney, um, perhaps, you know, sort of long-term in terms of, first of all, his fitness, but also whether he's going to be here beyond the end end of the month. Um, if anything were to happen to McBurney in terms of, Obviously, they missed him for a couple of games through through illness. But if a long term injury came in, say if he did a hamstring or a groin injury that ruled him out for say six or seven weeks, mm. Swansea would be really in in trouble. Yeah, the, you know, there's there's no two ways about it. They would be um, at the old creek without a paddle. So you know, it's 
Baker Richardson came in and you know he scored two and two. And we've spoken about him on the pod a few times and mm. saying you know, the, the impact that he made. And you've got to give him credit, but you know he's he's not ready yet. And you, let's remember McBurney's not exactly been around the block, you know, too much yet. It's his first full season with yeah, Swansea, and you know he only had a, right, yeah. a handful of games before that loan spell with Barnsley as well. So he deserves enormous credit because his effort is unbelievable. And I actually gave him the star man at the weekend because I thought, you know, given the circumstances and the effort, and he, he sacrificed himself, and yet he was still in the position to get what proved to be the winning goal. So, yeah, you know, you don't want to tempt fate, but if the unthinkable yeah. did happen, they would be in, in, in dire straits, really. You almost want two of him, really, because he comes so deep, but and he goes, he gets dragged wide, um, but then you want him in the box as well. So it's a, it's a difficult one, you know, that he, he he's almost a he's he's so he's so so mobile. Um, he works well in 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 deeper positions. I don't know on the flanks, um, mm. but he said we'll that, that, that's just a bit of a, a con- consequence of a four-two-three-one formation, yeah. really, with having a you know two holding midfielders and, and two wingers. So he's going to have to put a shift in. You know, it's not like he's got a, a secondary striker who can rely on flick-ons and so on. So. Exactly. Um, let's let's talk about um, uh, Joe Roden for a minute. I mean. He's been fantastic so far this season. Um, Potter pulled him out of the starting lineup a couple of times. I think for his own own benefit, needed a bit of a rest. Um, but it was a bit of a, a bit of well, it was a major blow to see him come off in the first half. It really was. I mean, you have to feel for him and, and best wishes with his recovery because he's been excellent in a you know what's been a breakthrough season for him. Really, you know, he had a, a tough spell at loan at Cheltenham and. You know, he's almost been forced into action here with losing Alfie Mawson and Federico Fernandez last summer, and he's been excellent. You know, he's 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 made mistakes, and there's yeah. been times where he's had to be taken out of the firing line. But you know, he's a young lad and he's learning his trade, and the signs are really positive, and and that showed with him signing a new contract about two months ago. So, huge blow for him, but you know, it's um it's a massive opportunity for for Cameron Carter Vickers. Potter mentioned today it could be as long as eight weeks mm. for his. Uh, recuperation would that I'm just trying to think now would that put him out of Wales contention yeah I mean, possibly? You know, I mean they've he, got the two games in yeah. I think it's the 22nd and 26th of March which is at the time of recording is the 24th so, you know, bearing in mind the options that they've got there yeah. with you know, James Chester Ashley Williams Chris Meppham and you can play there you know it, they wouldn't want to rush him into yeah, that anyway true. given that he's not played so yeah, it's a shame for him because it would have been nice even if he was just in the squad to, to get that experience but it looks like he's going to have to wait till the summer at the very least for that opportunity. He's been absolutely deserved of a, of a chance. You know, it was, a, uh, it, was, it was an outcry really that, that he didn't make make the last squad but um, his, his, his time will definitely come, obviously. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's, let's focus on uh, uh, Carter Vickers then who, I mean, I think we went mentioned him last week, and and he hasn't sort of let anyone down whenever he's played. And this is this is a massive opportunity for him. Um, and I said, whenever he's played, he's he's done well. I mean, there's been rumours of 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 Wigan and and, and Ipswich um, thinking about or, or, or trying to bring bring him to their to their various uh, clubs on loan before the end of the month. But Swansea simply can't afford to let him go now, can they? I mean, I know the top Tottenham do have. The final say, but I'm sure that Swansea would be absolutely loath to to let him go because they they've got no one else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, that the ball is in Tottenham's court, so that's where there is a, a slight concern. But you'd like to think that now that he is going to get regular game time, it suits Swansea, it suits the player. And and Graham Potter today praised his attitude. Said he's been 
you know, brilliant even when he's not been playing and, and that's all you can ask for really because you know, he's done everything he can to make sure there are opportunities and, and now he's got one Yeah. and credit to him against Sheffield United I thought he was probably flawless I, you know, I, thought, I thought he slotted in really well and you just hope that he can develop a, a good relationship with Mike van der Horn in, in the absence of, of Rodi you know, it's unfortunate circumstances but you know, it's, it's a chance that's presented itself and he took it last weekend and you just hope that he can keep on doing that yeah um, one last uh, mention then of the Sheffield United game I mean they did the double over them but mm. Sheffield United will be up there at the end of the season really that's, that's a heck of an achievement they're, they're, really they're, a good, they're a good side um, are we perhaps guilty of taking Erwin Mulder's performances this season for granted he's been uh, we've once again excellent against against the Blades um, maybe I mean you know losing someone as reliable and as experienced as Fabianski last year was it was possibly one of the, the, the biggest losses I think you know yeah. there, there were several so you know they were all key players but he was probably the, the key one you know Owen Mould I, I remember covering the Newcastle game at St James Park in the Premier League last season and, and he was sat in the press box next to us you know he wasn't even in the squad and he was under the impression that he was coming in to be a number two and challenging and, and that didn't happen it's been really tough for him he's had to bide his time but his opportunities almost come thanks to Potter giving people chances and he's taken it you know he's he was excellent against Sheffield United. Big, big saves, as I mentioned, against Sharp and McGoldrick. But you start to look a bit more comfortable with the, the system of playing from the back. And yeah. you just, you know, there, there were a few wobbly moments here and there. We saw it at Preston where he fumbled uh, a shot. I think it was from Brad Potts. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, he, he seems to be getting to grips with it. And he's proven a really reliable goalkeeper. And, you know, I, th- I think the Swansea faithful realise that, you know, he is a good option. It was, you know, people didn't really know much about him given that they hadn't had a chance to see him up until this season so yeah it's an interesting one given that at the start of the season it looked for all the world to see that Nordfelt would be the number one so you've got to give him credit for that yeah um, I think he has he has now established himself as the, the number one choice mm. maybe see Nordfelt perhaps this weekend maybe if we're going to see him this is the time if we don't see him then there's every chance that we won't see him for the rest of the season you know barring an injury or something else but yeah. you know it is fair to say at the start of the season, probably Nordfelt was the favourite to be starting, although he wasn't you know, out and out the number one. There was always going to be that opportunity for both, but I think it's fair to say Mulder has established himself as that first-choice keeper. So, yeah, if, if Nordfelt doesn't play against Gillingham, it's, it's probably unlikely that he'll, he'll play again this season. Cameron Carter-Vickers will probably couldn't have a, a, sort of a better mentor to play alongside uh, than Mike van der Horn in terms of in terms of Swansea, um, he's been he's been excellent this season for for Potter. Mm. Um, it's really yeah. helped with with Roden's development. I think he said Roden sort of credited um, the Dutchman for a lot of his improvements this he season. Has, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's one of the players that were there in the in the tough times in the Premier League and. Seems to have flourished in in the championship. You know, there's there's a few that you know you'd like to think could do the same. You know, Carroll obviously has had his injury problems. For there's a few in there. Martin Olsen now injured as well, but Van der Horn's the one that you know, has been there week in week out and and has deserved to be as well. You know, he's 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 a leader without having to have the armband every week. And yeah, it can only be good for someone like Carter Vickers who is more experienced than Roden because you know he's, he's he's played elsewhere and he's he's not a, a youngster compared to some of the others in the squad. So. Yeah, I mean, if if they can forge a good partnership, then you know we could be talking about Joe Roden having a tough tough task. 
getting in the squad again in a few months. Well, yeah, it's going to be. He's probably going to uh, <coughs> probably around sort of ten or twelve games now to really sort of establish himself. Uh, he said it could be, you know, a bit of healthy healthy competition there, and, and Potter has gone with uh, three at the back before. Perhaps he might use that towards the end of the season. But yeah, it's a great opportunity for uh, for Carter Vickers to um, really put a stamp stamp on the situation. I mean, I mean, going back to Mike van der Horn, he had to, he he's a player as well who had to bide his time because during the pre- during did. the Premier League he, yeah. he wasn't really getting a look in and, and wasn't always sort of um, uh, was, was was rarely first choice. So you know, it's it's good to see that he is sort of really stepping up to the plate, albeit at a, uh, in the second tier. But um, he's really uh, starting to really assert his authority on on the team. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, a, a, a good a good leader. Um, so let's uh, um, move on to um, to transfers. Um, it's looking increasingly unlikely that anything is going to be going to happen at the Liberty in terms of incomings, unless players were to leave. Um, more Daniel James um, speculation this week. Leeds Leeds seem insistent. If you believe reports coming from Yorkshire, in terms of, I think there was a talk of a. What was the exact terminology? Was it a uh, a firm approach going to come in this week? Yeah, I mean, there's yet to be a formal bid. I think both sides have, have said the same on that one, and you know that there's only a week left to go. So you know, if if they desperately need him, they're going to have to get their skates on. But they do have options there, so it's not. It wouldn't be a disaster for for Leeds if they don't sign Dan James this month, even though he is their or understood to be their number one target in January. Um, but as for his situation, I mean. You know, he's got well. It's less than eighteen months on his contract now, but you can't forget that this is his breakthrough season. You know, he's had I think it's nineteen appearances in all competition, yeah. only twelve or so starts. So he's still raw, and he's got a lot of developing and learning to do. And, and probably for the first time, actually, before the Gillingham game in his press conference, that Potter alluded to that fact that you can't just simply dish out contracts and this, that, and the other and demand hefty transfer fees. As much as he would be loath to to let him move on. Because he is a big part of his plans for the future, and you know you can understand why, wouldn't you? He's such a talent, but you know I think there's just a, a bit of a case of people just need to let him play his football and and, and try and keep developing because that's what he will get at Swansea and the Potter because Potter's given him a chance as he has many others. But yeah, if he can get through this week and then you know and retain his services, which you know remains up in the air, you know everything anything can change in the, at the flick of a button, but. Yeah, you just want to get through this week, keep him on board, and and, and just let him flourish really for the rest of the season and go from there. Yeah, well, without wishing to sound like a broken record, we said it last week as well. Mm. That it would be you know the, the the wrong message really to to be getting rid of a player of of his profile and his age and his talents at this stage of his of his career, considering uh, you know he's he's worked his way up through the age grades since he since he arrived. Um, yeah, it'd be maybe. A hefty blow if he were to to leave um, the Bodhi situation as well. I don't think that has. There's been obviously more rumours this week about links to Turkey and Galatasaray. Um, his representative was reportedly quoted in Turkey today saying he'd be um, be open to a move there. But again, we've got to go on what Swansea say to to us that there's been no formal firm approach for any of their players. Yeah, speaking to the club again today, you know that they reiterate that there's, there's, you know, never mind bids, but you know, not even formal approaches. You know, there's been, there's been interest in in Bonnie, as I understand it, um, but nothing more than that. So, 
Um, as to exactly who it is, it remains to be seen. But you know, we've, we've heard a, few, a number of clubs from abroad. You know, the likes of Galatasaray in Turkey and Al Sadd in Qatar. But you know, let's make no mistake, he's the highest earner at the club, yeah. and you know, it's unsustainable. He was signed in the Premier League, and and those wages are, are, are tough for some clubs to deal with in in the Premier League. Never mind in the Championship. So. Um, any, anything they do this month will hinge on outgoings particularly him so yeah I mean he missed the Sheffield United game with a knee problem and we could see him against Gillingham but it remains to be seen what the future holds for him and it looks like that their entire January revolves uh, revolves around him specifically yeah um, another uh, another week to go um, we're not expecting a hell of, hell of a lot of no. of of movement and activity but uh, obviously we'll, uh, we'll keep you abreast of that um, let's focus on the FA Cup game then this weekend Gillingham um, Pot's got some fitness concerns though hasn't he you know there's yes. his press conference there were I think you've got a list there who's who's um, who's struggling yeah it's always a concern when you say I've got a list but um, of course Joe Roden added to that list with Martin Olsen so those two are obviously going to be ruled out uh, Wayne Routledge came off against Sheffield United at half-time with a calf problem and, and Graham Potter said he's not going to be available either. Um, elsewhere, Kyle Norton's had a, a slight knee issue, so he's a doubt. He could feature, but it, it doesn't look like he's going to play, so looks like Connor Roberts will have to go back to right-back and, and then that could pave the way for Declan John to play on the left. Um, and then there's been a sickness bug again, as we've seen in recent weeks. Nathan Dyer and... Uh, Joel Lasoro, two wingers this week have come down with a, a sickness bug so uh, those two are going to have to be assessed and Joel Lasoro didn't train on Thursday so it looks like he's not going to feature whereas Nathan Dyer did so there's every chance that he could play but even then there's still concerns so it looks like there could be a chance for the likes of Montero perhaps Barry Mackay as well and um, Dan James of course as well so um, yeah then obviously Tom Carroll continued his um, step to stepping up his return from injury as well as has Wilfred Bonney so those two could be in contention but it's just a case of how fit they are so yeah there's um, a lot of issues at the moment and the, the squad's all of a sudden looking quite threadbare another sickness bug yes. I'll send my, send my mum up with some vitamins um, she's going to need a few I know <laughs> yeah. not looking good I don't know what um, in terms of uh, the starting team, although we're speculating there, we were talking just before we came on the pod about the centre-back partnership, whether yeah. whether I, I maybe think that Van der Horn should be wrapped up in Cottonwall and it'd be nice to see Keen Harry's um, get another run out, possibly. But I also, as I said, said to you, I, I think there is merit in playing Van der Horn and Cameron Carter-Vickers together to sort of develop that relationship. Um be interesting one really to see where where Potter will uh, what sort of um, what what decision he'll he'll come to himself. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really interesting one because he went with a, a stronger team as possible against Villa in yeah. the third round and it paid dividends because I thought they were excellent that day against a good team who themselves were missing players and had problems. But yeah. you know you, you play what you face and uh, Swansea were excellent so. I think Potter, he really does value the FA Cup. You know, it's his first ever campaign as a manager in the FA Cup, so it's it's a big thing for him. And you know, he's taking it seriously. And let's not forget the prize money at stake as well. You know, it's you might forget about that when you're a Premier League club because it's pretty irrelevant when you're talking about yeah. the vast sums you get from TV and broadcast revenues and so on. But when you know when you're in the financial state that they are in at the moment, that type of sum, which I believe I think if they win the fourth round is just shy of two hundred grand. Well. That's a significant fee, so there's a lot of positives to be taken from a win, and it keeps that confidence and the positivity high. So, 
he's going to want to name a strong team and we, we tried to piece one together um, you know Connor Roberts is going to have to play at right back given that he's played at left back recently because of the, the injury to Norton who doesn't look like he'll play which means Declan John's going to quite simply have to be brought in at left back then Carter Vickers you'd imagine will play and it's just whether he does risk Van der Horn or does he put Kean Harris alongside him because Kean has played a couple of games this season as well so it's not like he's being thrown into the line like yeah. this it is a bit of a, a jump but yeah. you know it's a step he's going to have to make like many others have as well so and then further up the pitch I mean Jay Fulton's been on the bench a lot recently so you expect him to come back in um, he might keep a bit of continuity with keeping Leroy first you know it depends on how ready Tom Carroll is um, and then elsewhere obviously Nathan Dye you know, he has had that bug but he's trained so you think he could be okay um, but then obviously with Wayne Routledge being out does he bring in Dan James or Wayne Rout um, or uh, Jefferson Montero probably go with James and your Barry Mackay can play as well and then you're looking at up front it's you know he probably won't risk Wilf um, Ollie, Ollie McBurney which means Wilfred Bonnie could get a chance so yeah there's there's a lot of um, key issues there and yeah. it's going to be a test of you know Swansea's squad because if anything happens this weekend it could make the next few games against Birmingham and Bristol really sort of tricky in terms of team selection anyway at least the at least the Jeff if you ask me I'd uh, be I'd keen to see I'd love to see, see the same he yet to start the season so yeah, it'd be to nice be to see him to see him play um, oh, there we are let's see we'll check notes um I've written down here how important is FA Cup to fans and Potter. Um, yeah. The fact that he put such a strong team out last last round uh, suggests to me that he is taking this extremely seriously. Um, we talked as well earlier about Swansea probably aren't going to go up. They're probably not going to go down. Um, and with due respect to to Gillingham, which always means that there's going to be something condescending coming following. Um, this is a great opportunity to get into the into the fifth round. It really is. I mean, you know, you've got to give them credit for what they did in the last round. You know, beating the Premier League side in Cardiff, it's, yeah, it's no mean feat. And obviously, they were at home and they've had a, a, a tough league run this season. So, the FA Cup's a good escape for them. It's it's a chance to you know again financially, it's great for them if they can progress and gives um, the club a lift at a time where things aren't exactly brilliant on the pitch in the league. So, uh, they'll, they'll be coming to Swansea. You know, full of confidence, and you know Steve Lovell, the Swansea man, and everything as well. So there's, yeah. there's a nice backstory yeah, there. Is, there yeah, but definitely. ultimately, it's, you know, Swansea are at home playing lower league opposition. They're going to be favourites with the bookies, and rightly so. And it's one that they just they, they have to target this one because you know it, it keeps that confidence going. It'll be six games unbeaten then if they go through, and you know you're talking about a flawless January, which is which is a dream really. So you know, every time I've spoken to Graham Potter about the the, the cup, he's, he's you can see the enthusiasm and the way he speaks. Yeah. It's something that he really cares about. Um, I spoke to Billy Reid last week as well, and he said the exact same thing. You know, he's he's really sort of relishing having a good run in the competition. So yeah, there's no, um, they're certainly not underestimating Gillingham, especially after what they did in the last round. But they do see this as a big opportunity, and they're going to be taking it seriously, of course. Great. Okay. Well, hopefully, we'll be uh, be talking about a um, uh, glorious FA Cup win next week on the pod um, I said it's going to be you know, last week of the transfer window is going to be um, well, I was going to say it's going to be busy but <laughs> we just it doesn't it remains to be seen on that Thursday front Thursday may well be but other than that possibly sure. yeah I'm sure we'll be pulling all nighters um, I'm down for a late shift I don't know about you probably yeah I'll see you there I think you are great right then uh, we'll wrap this up now and uh, we'll be back next week thank Thanks you all. cheers, cheers. Now.